This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Daddy gang, I get that there are some things you don't want to share, but bottling everything up inside can truly have some awful consequences. I remember growing up, I guess, honestly, the the truth is I was getting bullied and I was like so embarrassed to tell my family that because at home I was fine, but at school it was tough for me. And I just remember feeling so awful about myself and I kept it to myself and I dealt with it by myself and it literally just caused truly maybe like a decade of trauma. And later in life, now that I've processed it, I'm like, damn, I would have been so much better off if I had just talked to someone about it. It didn't even have to be my parents. Talking helps a lot. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I have had such an incredible relationship and experience with therapy. I was so ready to get better and to better myself and understand myself more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists whenever you need to for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash daddy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash daddy. Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. During a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and never survive. I had to flee my own state to receive treatment. I think Donald Trump bears an incredible amount of responsibility for these restrictive laws. We need leaders that will protect our rights, and that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. We're back, bitches. What the fuck is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father back on it again for another episode of Call Her Daddy. Let's kick this week off with a little thing I like to call fact of the day. Personal anecdote of the day. Daddy Gang, I have not had sex in almost a month. Alex, did you and your boyfriend break up? No, actually, that's what makes it even sadder. I still have a boyfriend and I haven't had sex in almost a month. And he is such a fucking asshole. The fact that he won't fuck me, I'm just kidding. It has literally nothing to do with him. And that again adds to the fucking sad part of the story. I have been stressed about work and I will explain all of those things in the next two weeks, but I've been stressed with work and it's so sad because my boyfriend wants to fuck me and I want him to fuck me. That's the sad thing. It's like, so why aren't you? Some would say, Get the dick, Big Al. Big Al, a big dick in the vagina will fix you right up, sweetheart. But you know what? And I hope people can relate to this. Sometimes there's two situations. You are stressed and you say, I need to have an orgasm. I need that release. Or you're on the other spectrum, which I have been for the past few weeks. And it's like, I don't want to fuck. 
And I know that's shocking because it's called daddy, but like, I'm not in the mood to fucking have sex. And I feel bad. Honestly, my boyfriend the past few weeks has been like, I'm ready to not feel like the Uber Eats man. I'm ready to not be the delivery guy in the morning with your coffee. Like, I'd like to get my dick wet. And I look at him and I say, shut the fuck up. Can you guys tell I'm like PMSing? The thing is, is I know that this is going to turn around soon. One, because in the next few weeks I'll have clarity on work shit. But two, bitches, it's about to be summer. And this isn't just any old motherfucking summer. This summer is going to be so fucking psychotic, so fucking out of control. I feel like everyone is so suppressed. Everyone is so ready to fucking get naked, drink alcohol, and fuck. And I know there's going to be people that are like, Alex, that's not right. Well, that's just, I'm just saying the fucking truth. You know all of your fucking friends are ready to booty bump the fuck out of this summer. I'm pretty sure someone told me that condom sales are up. (laughs) Okay? I didn't say it. The condom sales said it. Okay? Fuck you too. Daddy motherfucking gang. Welcome back to another week of Call Her Motherfucking Daddy, baby. We have a guest this week who has now become a fast friend. I've never had someone on the show so far that's come in and talked about so openly their dynamic with their parents and how it's affected not only their romantic life, but their life in general. And also, I think it's a pretty cool scenario when you have someone come on that I admit I had my preconceived notions and I thought certain things and I didn't know half of the story and so I don't know I think it's cool today in our social media age like we stalk people or you follow someone on Instagram that you think you know their life and then I would go as far to say from these interviews that I'm learning most of the time what you see on social media it's not only not accurate but sometimes it's almost the complete opposite scenario so Let's have fucking fun this week. Everybody relax. Everybody go take a fucking shit and then come back and be in a good fucking mood because this week it is fun. It's girl talk. We're chilling. Go grab a bottle of wine. Get yourself some tequila, vodka, shot glasses, whatever you're in the goddamn mood for. A nice blackout or a nice buzz. I don't judge here. Let's have a good time. Introducing Josie Canseco. I'm going to be honest, I never thought that I would have you on the podcast, one, because we didn't know each other, really. Like, I feel like I've, like, seen you on Instagram. I'm sure you've seen me on Instagram, Mm -hmm. or you're going to be like, nope, I've never seen you in my life. No, we (laughs) have, obviously, crossed paths a couple times, seen each other. I definitely knew who you were, and when you reached out, I was like, fuck yeah, super down. So random, though, and so I think I was thinking about it, and I'm like, just to get right into it, Daddy Gang, the first real connection we had on the internet was that your dad DM'd me. Oh my god, I I completely forgot that that happened and I remember did you tweet me about it or no, just I think someone else was like okay. they were just like yeah, get your dad. So my dad does this. Yeah, and it's I, a thing he does. And I, I'm like, please do not do that to friends, people I know, younger girls like well, and I wanted to first almost actually this is going to probably throw you up. I actually wanted to apologize to you because I feel like I've had time to think about it and I feel like in the moment I knew he was beefing with Barstool. Like, I work with Barstool. So I, when I saw that, I, my initial reaction was to post it. Because I'm like, oh, this creepy dude's in my DMs. Like, what the fuck? And then now. And he was yelling at, like, Barstool and all these people about the fights and stuff. Like, he kind of brought it upon himself. Right, right, right. 
So then I think in that moment, my initial reaction was like, oh, like, um, protect Barstool and like, like post it. But as I've now not, I haven't really gotten to know you yet, but Mm -hmm. like now knowing who you are also, I wanted to say I'm sorry because I can't imagine being in your position and then like having like we're the similar age and then having to see that like that fucking sucks so now i i'm i wish i could take that back so i you're so sweet i love that you actually like afterwards you like obviously thought about it in depth and you're like wow like maybe like i don't know how she felt about it could have hurt her yeah it it makes you feel any better it's okay it it didn't i honestly like my dad does whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it he's a public figure he tweets and does his shit and i don't really have a say in it so at this point i've just kind of been like I take it as it comes, like, it is what it is, and I don't really get affected by it. But but also, like, this has been a thing that he's, like, he doesn't really know um, who's my friend exactly and who isn't because he's not, like, that well-versed with, like, social media and Instagram. But he DMs. He's, like, DMed a lot of my friends and sent that exact same thing. Come to Vegas. Here's my number, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, like, father... That is my friend. Like, we're, he's just not around. Like, he's right. not super close, so he doesn't know the people I hang out with all the time. And so but this it, is, like, a thing that a lot of my friends have been like, yo, your dad DM me. And I'm like, I'm so and sorry. And it puts you in such a hard position because you're just like, dad, weird. what the like, fuck? He's my father. He's, like, 55, 56 now. I'm just like, dad, these are my girls are, like, 20, 21. I, well, I think I was thinking about it because I'm like, people may be like, wait, who, what the fuck? What's going on? Like, if they don't know you, if they don't know your dad, I think it's good for us to kind of just, like, go all the way back to the beginning okay. and kind of just start with, like where you're from, who you are, and obviously, like, your dad is a part of your life and, like, why at first you were, like, quote-unquote known. And obviously Mm -hmm. now you're so much more than just Jose Canseco's daughter, way more than that. But I have talked so much on this podcast (laughs) about dating professional athletes, Josie, and it has been, like... I've seen, but I actually saw because I've obviously did my my homework, did some tapes, watched my tapes. Yep. Um, You have nicknames for them. Yes. Which I'm obsessed with. I was like, if you refer to anyone, like, we can give them, like, little nicknames, like, very chill. We can come up with nicknames for you today, because Josie doesn't want to talk, like, straight names, which I totally respect. We're just talking about Josie. We're talking about Josie today. But, um, so I've I've talked about dating professional athletes, and I was sitting here, and I'm like, wow, like, this is going to be such an interesting interview, because I'm sitting with someone right now that is not isn't dating professional athletes but is the daughter of one yeah and And i've seen his dating life and how athletes perceive girlfriends relationships and yes doesn't seem great right it's not it's not okay so can you kind of explain like growing up as in that position like walk us through what that was like so my parents split very young. They uh, met at a Hooters. It was oh. my mom's first day working at Hooters, and she like just got a little boob job, and she's oh. so excited. And the first day at work, she met my dad. Pretty much fell in love instantly, and he like took her up out of Cleveland, Ohio. But yeah, they met and they were together. Fell in love, got pregnant, got married, and then they were only together for a couple of years because I think there was a certain level of like toxicity and unfaithfulness between both of them i think my dad kind of an issue i mean he was an athlete on the road like back in the day uh that era of baseball and like his level of success was like massive it was like really put baseball on the map as a sport and and yeah and they just like kind of split and then i was raised in la with my mom okay single mom just kind of raised me your whole life me and her that's like my rock my mom's like my best friend on the planet she's like the best person ever and my dad um just kind of always like 
So he retired, or not retired, he got kind of like blackballed because I don't know for anyone who doesn't know, took steroids and like got kicked out of baseball and then wrote a book and kind of like snitched on people, but it was actually like the truth. And so my whole childhood with him, he was just kind of always, since he stopped playing baseball, like kind of abruptly, he just always kind of had to chase the next opportunity for money and success because he went from being the highest paid athlete in the world to having nothing. Like I've seen my dad at a point having like, you know, $20 to his name and not knowing like his next meal and stuff. And like, he's really been through a journey. Um, That's already interesting too, because I feel like naturally, just to be honest, I think anyone would perceive you as being not like I feel like people look at you and probably like oh she has it so easy like that everyone her whole thinks life is I'm rich. rich everyone thinks I'm just like right? rich and Canseco's daughter you have so much money this and that I'm like little do they know like that is That's so not the, not the case so at all you're raised by your mother what was your relationship then with like your dad like was he in your life so he tried to be here and there like he lived in LA for I'd say maybe like four or five years total throughout my entire life to date. Ever since then, he's lived elsewhere. He's been uh, playing softball, like playing baseball, like little league, kind of like whatever he can get his hands on to play and make money, he would do that. And a lot of the time that meant not being around me, unfortunately. But I, you know what I mean? He had to to make money. He had to do something. So I kind of, you know, I have to give him a little bit of respect for like hustling. But he wasn't around really ever. So basically... For everyone listening, I'm going to, you can explain now, like, your most vivid memory of your father is probably when this book came out. Yeah, it was just, like, the time where he was probably the most uh, controversial. He had, this was, like, the year after uh, playing, so he still had money. He was out in L.A. He was getting into acting. He was always, like, the Playboy Mansion, writing his book, and he was, like, very controversial, but, like, still successful. And so, as soon as he wrote the book and the book came out, I got a lot of, um heat for it i guess yeah. it's his daughter and like heard a lot of weird terms and like very derogatory like well let's first explain yeah the book was basically and correct me if i'm wrong but he essentially came out and exploited the mlb for ex- saying like a bunch of these guys are on steroids yeah and at yeah. first he got blackballed because everyone was like what are you talking about that's not true that's not true meanwhile yeah. ends up coming out that he was slowly um, but surely really this, is true, this is true this is true a raw everything you know what yeah, i mean like not to bring up names <laughs> yeah it was yeah. all ended up being and true so at first it was like oh you're a fucking snitch because you're coming mm-hmm. out and but what you're revealing the truth and the yeah. dark side of what at that time the MLB was and the guys were testifying in court being like I have not I never have this and that like Mark McGuire these people were just like I swear to God I've never done it and it's like but you you, are and then my dad was so bitter because he was the only one who my dad was obviously like not to like yeah, go for it. Little smoke up his ass, right. but but he yeah. he was like incredible at what he did. He was right. very talented, and you know I thought the steroid era was like uh, controversial in the sense of like did did they really work that hard? Like did it was it just steroids or whatever? But he was great, and he lost just like that his his passion, yeah. and it, and it was unfair that all these other players kept making money and kept getting to play. Um, and he didn't when they were all doing the same thing. When did he, like, why did he stop playing? Why did he retire? So so he got blackballed in the sense that, like, no one offered him wow. a deal. Got like, it. everyone um, just kind of congregated and talked about the idea of, like, do we want to play with Jose? Do we want Jose to go on any of our teams? He went from being, like, highly paid and, like, entertaining and one of the best players. Not a single offer. No one would speak to him. No one would talk to him. Mark McGuire, his, like, bash brother boy, like, cut him off. Like, everyone completely, like, blacklisted him from the MLB. As a whole, and I think it was obviously the organization right. that was like, no, we're done with this. Josie, can you walk me through your life when that mm-hmm. book comes out? Like, was there bullying, etc.? Yeah. Uh, 
I just like always, so obviously being Josie Canseco and having the name tied to me, like I just always heard about my dad, but he was never really around. Like okay. he tried to be and he tried to be there and he tried to be there for me. And like this is when he was in LA and he was, you know, local. He lived in the Valley, I think, in like Encino or something. And I'd see him here and there, but like um, success and fame and money was always before me. And so wow. therefore, like, like I was a che- like for example, like for, I was like so I cheerleaded for a while, like competitive mm-hmm. cheering, and and he would like not show up to my competitions, and I would, and everyone's like, oh, Conseco's daughter, Conseco's daughter. I'd be like, but where I don't is even he? know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I know he tried his best, but like he just had a lot on his plate, and maybe right. you know, I think sometimes people have kids when they're not yeah. ready or you know appropriate timing, so maybe that's part of it. Um. Do you remember anyone, like, specifically saying anything to you about oh, in those, yeah. like, what would people say to you? They would just be like, I mean, anything that they could shoot at me for, like, your your dad's a fucking snitch, blah, blah, fuck you and your family. At the time, my mom had also, like, maybe, like, a year after her done Playboy, which was, like, back in its prime, like, right. did the cover full nude, like, hot okay. as fuck, like... But for so many reasons, I know, I'm like, go mom. Go mom. Um, But for so many reasons, people were like, yeah, you're fucking family. Fuck this. Fuck you. Like, your dad's a snitch. Like, your dad's, like, worthless. Like, and we'd, I'd, like, be out in in public with my dad and people would, like, yell at him. Like, people had the audacity when we'd be, like, walking in, like, a movie theater or whatever. I specifically remember a time we were walking into a movie theater, like, him and I together because we'd had, like, daddy-daughter, like, dates or whatever. And... We're walking out, and someone's like, you fucking snitch. And I'm like, I literally just, like, at this time, my dad wouldn't really educate me on much because I was so young. But I knew, like, something was bad, and I knew something wasn't wrong, but I just, like, didn't know what. So I was like, why do these people hate my dad? Why is my dad, like, one of the most sought-after, spoken-about kind of people right now? But I just, I was just young. I didn't get it, and I didn't get why I was getting hate for it either. And then, Josie, that is, like, the like I'm trying to put myself in that situation because I feel like at a young age, that's not a normal situation to have as a child that, like, mm. you're walking into a movie theater and people are screaming at your dad. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even imagine what mentally that did to you and, like, psychologically because you were an only child, right? Yeah, you are. only child. No, no siblings. Just my... <laughs> Josie, okay, so, like, I was, like, just dealing with some family shit the other week, or have been dealing with it, and I am not publicly talking about right now, but, like, I was yeah. thinking to, I was saying to my brother, I was like, I have no fucking idea what I would do if I didn't have my siblings, yeah. because I look back at really hard times in my childhood when, like, my dad works for the NHL, okay. and when I was younger, the NHL, like, went on a big strike, and so my dad lost his job, and I remember, oh, okay. like, all my friends growing up were really wealthy and when my dad lost his job like I couldn't go to my parents and be like hey can I have that extra $20 to go to the mall and like there was there was a really hard time in my life where I was like watching my parents struggle but I would turn to my siblings and like talk about it with Mm -hmm. them because that's all you have practically is like people like family is like unconditional and it's it's trusting and loving so I but I'm like but you didn't have siblings so like who the fuck did you go to in those moments where you're like in California your dad's nowhere to be found and like your mom is your mom but it's your mom like Mm -hmm. you didn't have siblings like who did you go to in dark times um you don't no one no not really I just kind of like I I think that kind of translates into why I have this like tough shell where I just like kind of don't give a fuck and I no one to like shut off and detach and shit it's because like I didn't really have anyone to go to and resort to and like my mom's upbringing with me is also a different story she was around but she was also kind of like my dad okay so I'm gonna kind of put him on blast like feel bad um he just he never took care of us never paid child support never nothing my mom had no job no nothing and had to raise me single mom with like nothing 
So she was kind of, you know, she was hustling, too. She had to. She had to work. She did Playboy. She ended up doing a reality show that was, like, successful as well. Um, And she hustled, but that means that she had to be absent as well a lot of the time. Um, So it's like you're just, like, alone. So it was just... So yeah. just, just little <laughs> just, just Josie. Me, just me. Now I like, I love it. I appreciate it because that's obviously probably what I'm used to. But oh. yeah, I just, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't even tell you. Friends maybe? Like, yeah, I was going to say, like, do you look at your friends like with greater value? Like they're like your yeah. sisters? I'm such a, I'm such a loyal uh, ride or die for my friends. Like if I, if I love you and that's reciprocated and the respect of loyalty is reciprocated, I'll like die for you type right. shit. Like when I connect with someone, because that's so important to me and it's so rare. And because I don't mm-hmm. have brothers and sisters, like that is priorities being an incredible people. Absolutely. I'm an incredible person right. to the people who are there for you and love you. And, like, now I have so many good friends. I mean, actually, not so many. That's cap. But I have a couple of really close people that I can go to for anything, anytime, anywhere, and they're there for me. Yeah. And I would, like, literally kill for them type shit. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Who's ready to create some core memories this spring, Daddy Gang? Rally the squad. We're packing up and heading out on a road trip in UGG. Y'all know I live in my UGG classic boots. Well, now it's time to swap out the boots for the sandal of the season, the golden glow, because you already know UGG season is year-round, baby. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Prime Video. I am a certified rom-com addict. I love watching movies and shows that are funny and cute and romantic and make me want to cuddle up to Matt, okay? And Prime Video feeds that addiction. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Donald Glover, and Maya Erskine kind of love each other, kind of hate each other, and really love to rip each other's clothes off. Dare I say better than the original. My Lady Jane, a hilarious, heartwarming, and sometimes steamy historical reimagining of the story of Lady Jane Grey. You can watch both of these and a whole lot more on Prime Video. You can also indulge in even more rom-com classics by adding channels like Max, Stars, and Paramount+. Plus. Prime Video, find your favorite flirty rom-coms all in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details. This episode is brought to you by new Garnier Fructis hair filler with vitamin C, G. Many things can damage your hair like heat styling and bleaching, but the all new Garnier Fructis hair filler systems can reverse up to one year of damage to your hair smoothness in just one use, giving you up to 79% stronger hair and up to four times less breakage. And all Garnier products are approved by Cruelty-Free International under the Leaping Bunny program. New Garnier Fructis hair filler, pre-shampoo, shampoo, conditioner, and serum are available now on Amazon and at Walmart, Target, Ulta, drug, and select grocery stores. Learn more at GarnierUSA.com. Okay, my other question was, because this is, we're going to get into the dating shit, but I wanted to know, (laughs) steroids are obviously a drug, and I was wondering, like, were you able, when you were younger and in your life, to separate, like, your dad on, when, when that was the case, versus, like, who basically like who he was like yeah. when he was on drugs versus not like or was it all one for you because like I feel like it must have been hard to differentiate at such a young age of like he just why like he was kept acting. it all from me but I yeah. did so he had obviously steroids comes with like you know uh, mood swings exactly. a little bit and yeah. stuff like that and I definitely um 
<coughs> excuse me. Um, I definitely, I definitely saw it, and like I knew he was on steroids because obviously it was like public knowledge. Right. I'm still his daughter. I still know what's going on. I just don't know like to what extent exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was tough. He was, he was, he was moody, and he was, uh, he was always in his head, and he was bitter from you know he was already had a reason to be upset and be bitter, much less. Right. Uh, yeah, he was just kind of like. I just didn't know what the fuck steroids was. Like, I didn't know exactly how much he was taking. Like, finding out that he was taking, like, way above the appropriate dose to get to a certain point of a certain build, you know? Right. You, obviously, also, on top of that being public, it was public that some of your dad's relationships were, like, volatile and intense. Yeah. How did that affect you at a young age? And, like, how has it affected you with men i guess like it's very that's a very public topic i know is probably very sensitive and we don't have to talk about it if you're no I'm, I'm just trying to make sure the way i um uh, obviously articulate it yeah. is is the way i i mean and the, i'm tr- getting my point yeah. across properly because yeah. no one's time. ever asked me that question <laughs> yeah and this is my second podcast um i think that having the kind of dad i did whether it was watching him with girlfriends with the cheating or the the you know i i I don't know if he's ever you know laid a hand or done anything like these are things that i kind of like out of sight out of mind don't i don't really talk about those kinds of i just don't know you know what i mean but um i think just seeing how he was as a partner made me have this bitter taste to men being like I will never be that girl that gets, like, played and, like, I just kind of, I I move with a more of a masculine energy, I think, and I'm just, like, I don't know, I'm just not going to, like, stress about a fuckboy and, like, be, like, just the way I treat them, like, I'll I'll have a thing with a guy and I'll, like, be talking to them, I won't even sleep with them, and I'll just, like, you know, we'll, like, talk and this and that, we'll hang out, and then done, boom. Like, you can just move on over easy. it. Like all of a sudden, one day things will just change. And I'll just be like on to the next type shit. That's but maybe that's from seeing my right. dad be like that and be such like a a fuck boy kind of guy. Because you saw like the inner workings from your of dad. a man and how men feel. I mean, granted, my dad's probably not a great example. No, but like, oh, guys, but yeah. that's that was my example. Right. You know what I mean? That was that was my father figure growing up. So it definitely made me move in a more like cold kind of like. A lot of guys have been like, wow, you're the girl version of me. Like, a lot of guys I've, like, right. hung out with or dated, they'll be like, wow, you're, like, literally me in girl form. And I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> well, because you're going about it, I kind of, I, that's, I, not that it's, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but I say I don't know if my, any of it's healthy right? either. I'm just like, right? just myself, just what it is. hope for it's healthy. Yeah, I think, like, I've said at times to women that are looking for advice, I'm like, there's so many guys that are playing me and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Well, guys are like that. Guys yeah. move the way, like, I yeah. kind of move now. They're just like, talk to a girl, get her hopes up. The girl gets feelings and then they bail. Like, right. I'm on the other end of that now. And I'm like, if you get feelings for me, please, please stay away. yourself out. Please, yeah. just don't call me. Like, don't text me. Like, I don't know. Also, when I fall for someone or if I, like, really start liking someone, it has to be reciprocated because I'll never be the first one okay. to, like, I'm never the needy one. I'm never the one that's like, oh, like, calling you every day let's hang out blah blah like I know and it's not even a game it's just kind of like how I am with dating like I love boys I love dating I think it's fun but I'm never that girl that is gonna chase one or like go out of my way to like really be with one or have you ever told a guy you loved him first yes (gasps) yes really yes um my my last relationship wow was that hard for you to say that it was hard because the first time I said it he didn't say it back 
bomb. Yeah, but he said it ended like a week later, right, and, like right. whatever. But um, what was that like? It was I. So it it was in a point where I was comfortable enough to say it because I knew that we loved each other. Right. We were getting so close to a point where I was just like, I know he like loves me and has love for me. We're just it's just a scary thing to say, yeah. especially I think for him it was just like you know a moment, to, a hump to get over. Of course. Um, and you took the it, no so when I said it and it didn't say it back I was just like ah that is a shit feeling I don't want to feel that ever again but I'm I'm honestly like the older I get the more I'm just like happy I'm just like down to express myself if I right. feel a certain way about you I'm gonna let you know I'd rather be an open book yeah. than play games and like not to or you know what I mean like if I feel yeah. something I'll tell you I'm not I, afraid I actually agree with you in the sense of like I would never say that I love someone first unless I knew it yeah. was going like I knew it we had like a joke about it yeah yeah, okay. yeah so you weren't like out of nowhere the crazy girl Fuck like, no. I love you and it's like read the room <laughs> bitch like what is going on self-awareness don't say right. it now right. no I feel so you totally you, here we go you're a Scorpio I am I was like Indeed. literally reading up on Scorpios you have to tell me if this is true um, I'm a very cliche Scorpio, so I really learned. I think so, yeah. Okay, they said Scorpio women are universally known as the sex goddesses of Zodiac. <laughs> Josie, oh my god. <laughs> Renowned for their passion, their strong libidos, and their exceptional prowls as lovers. Sex is extremely important to these women, and sharing a sexual connection with their deeply bonded lover is necessary for them to feel completely fulfilled in life. That 100%. being said, Scorpios don't really love to sleep around, nor do they take sex casually. So until they find their soul match, a Scorpio can feel a little adrift without a partner. Is that true? Uh... Yes, the first half a little bit. Okay. Also, like in the sleeping around sense as well. Like it takes. I ha- so I have a rule oh, minimum. Rule. So minimum a month of of knowing someone, getting to know them, and like if I'm seeing someone, or talking to someone, minimum a month to wow. two months, depending on like how close we get, how quickly before I end up sleeping with them or doing anything with them. Um. Okay. What I posted on my Instagram the other day, which I was dying because so many women were like relating to it. So I've I'm, heard that before. Have I've you? heard. Th- yeah. So I've heard it. So typically, I think I saw a TikTok about. It was like someone like public speaker, just like a TED talk type thing, being like your first love is. So do you want to say what okay, it was? Yeah. And then so, we'll- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I came up because I was looking for books. I'm like, I think it would be fascinating to ha- start reading books and yeah. then relating it into the podcast because we love to be educated. Yeah, yeah. Of so <laughs> the book is called You Only Fall in Love Three Times. Okay. And apparently the three people is number one is the soulmate. And the yes. soulmate introduces us. Is to this the, the first love? Yes. Okay. The first love. It introduces us to the dream of love. Mm-hmm. But somehow what seemed like it would be happily ever after wasn't meant to last forever. And yeah. it's like you're soulmate and I they have show that. you I, what I love, to this right? so, it's so and weird. isn't it crazy like pop I'm thinking of the person just <laughs> like mm. yes yeah. and they just showed you like what love was then the next is we're so consumed with making the karmic love work that we often fail to question whether it even should work as painful as it is to accept this love that felt so right in the beginning is actually all wrong for you and so a lot of girls Spot, like spot right? on. Oh, this is crazy <laughs> I'm just like I'm applying it to my life because I've, I've had two people that I've been like in love truly with. head over heels in love with like would marry them type shit wow and so i'm like my third's next and like thinking about that i'm just like nervous yeah because the third <laughs> one my house is, <laughs> no, like, fuck. you're like where is he i know the third one guys is the twin flame comes into our lives and often we don't even know it's love because dot 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 it's too easy this is the love who helps us to accept ourselves just as we are because this is precisely what they do everyone's like alex this is fucking call her daddy what are you doing right now no but i read this <laughs> and i was like oh my god and then josie dm'd me and was like oh my god i can already think of the two of them mm-hmm. so 
Can you walk us through, again, we're not naming names, but I think you kind of walking us through a relationship that you knew, oh my God, this person is like my soulmate. I love this person and it didn't work out and how you walk away and kind of dissect just like some of the pros and cons and all the things because I think a lot of girls are like wait but if it's your soulmate what the fuck I know that's what you think and you work (coughs) you work I promise it's not COVID I swear I just hit the puff last night stupid thing (laughs) you're fine Um, fine. yeah so my first relationship my first love like my first like real uh, love was four years and he was with this musician who was like always on the road always traveling always in the studio working touring whatever like kind of that that the musician life of like you know girls on the bus getting fucked up every night this and that um, but we were so in love and so obsessed. Um, and it was, I think it was just kind of like, it started off a little rocky. I think the trust wasn't always there because both of our jobs and what we did. We were young. I was 18. He was like 25, 26. Um, okay. and we just like, were so in love, but like in a controlling way. Like I just knew, like we started off, we like formed bad habits that we didn't know how to break as the, as we progressed more and more like years and years down the road. Um, and we would just, like, fight all the time. And, and what I learned also was, like, so we would party a lot because he Got was, it. like, kind of, like, a party boy and that yep. was, like, his brand or whatever. And and we'd travel the world together and party, but we would argue when we party. And I think because the alcohol um, intensifies the emotions and the environment, the girls and throwing themselves at him, whatever it was, like, yeah. it was just, it was hard because we were so in love, but we were in one of the most, like, toxic environments for what our love was and right. for what it needed. And we were also, like, young. I was learning. I was growing up. Yeah. Like, I had, you know, my, my coping mechanisms back there for, like, back then for heartbreak were a lot different. Like, if we, we were super on and off. So whenever we'd break up, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go out in L.A. and, like, do this and go to this guy's after party and be around these people and blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck you. Type shit. Like, more spiteful and, like, toxic behavior. Absolutely. Because you're younger. And, like, exactly. I, that's it's what all I, I knew. Done. I was just totally. like, fuck it. Totally. Um, and then we just kind of – so so my process with it was that we were together for four years. Um and we fought so much and just kind of couldn't we tried to make it work so many times we're just yeah. like let's try this let's do this let's make it work i love you enough like let's just fucking do it eventually i fell out of love like eventually i just kind of was like it's not there for me anymore like i i kind of just fell out of love um loved him to this day like yeah. love him to death will always like want the best for him but passion wise and like for me to like continue to be with someone I just, it just wasn't there anymore and right. and even then i tried to stay a little bit longer i think we both did and because, you know, loyalty and love and totally. that unconditional, the idea of unconditional love and marriage is, like, you go through hard times. Like, how do how, how are people married for, like, 50, 60 years? Yeah. You think. And it's hard when you, like, because ha- I'm sure every, I feel like every couple does. Like, you talked about probably marriage and babies and all the things. All like, the you time. Go there. I think there was a point where he was, like, about to, like, propose to me. Like, we talked about, like, we were, like, we had promise rings and this and that. Like, we were just, like, so in love but so young and. Um, and yeah, and so we just kind of like, eventually one day, like something popped off and like, I, I remember like going on his phone and finding something that like really bothered me and I was already like, I was already ready to go. I was like, one more thing happens and like, I just see myself like having that switch and it's flipping and it's done. Right. And, um, and then yeah, then that happened and I just kind of was like. I got to go. One of us has to go. Right. This is bad. One of us has to go. And if one of us doesn't go, we're going to end up hating each other. And like, That's this can't, well, I have to think about myself and be right. selfish, selfish, finally. So when you talk about leaving, because that topic is, there's so many fucking layers to that. The amount of people, women, men, I don't give a fuck who it is. When you make the decision to leave something that you were so in love with someone, there's history there, there's years there. Yeah. And that, I think, is a lot. Like, people are, well, I just, well, that was four years of my life. I can't leave them. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to see, like, what so life hard. is going to be like without that person. Yeah. 
did you were you the type of person that then went like did you guys keep texting a little after the breakup like how did you handle moving on because a lot of people write in being like it's so fucking hard to go from being in bed with someone every day they're your best friend you love them (laughs) and then what you're just not supposed to talk it's literally like morning to death like how did you go how did you go about it so obviously I was a bit younger my breakup I as soon as we broke up I was just like I I tried to replace him. I tried to replace it. I was just kind of, like, dating. I started seeing someone. Like, I even got to a place where we were, like, exclusive kind of. um, Oh, right right away? Right away. Wow. I mean, not right away, but, like, right away. Like, pretty much. But also, like, keep in mind, I was already had been checked out of this relationship for, For like, maybe, like, five, six months. Like, at least. And was just kind of, like, waiting to, like, us to finally separate. Um, And also, when I was younger, and maybe this stems back to, like, you know, not having a father figure always like my my one figure my one sense of stability within a man had just collapsed after four years someone I thought I was gonna spend my life with it all collapsed so I was like I need maybe it was another sense of like love from a from a guy or a man or just someone to like make me feel yes like a, a, a male presence just to make me feel happy and good and complete and like when I was younger stemming back to like dad shit maybe i thought that that's what i needed right. and i've learned now that it's like so not so it's so within you it's need like, to be on your own for exactly and go through that healing process um and we we definitely talked a bit yeah. we would it was more toxic and we would argue because he would hear like oh you're with this guy oh you're with that guy blah blah like what are you doing you fucking hoe you thought yeah. this not you know what i mean like the fucking jealous the emotional, whatever. yeah so we fought a lot but then there were times like you know where we would try and hang out a little bit but as much as we, like, even, like, you know, um, not recently, but, like, we all, up until my last relationship, we kind of were just, like, dabbling with the idea of making it work again, maybe, mm-hmm. or hanging out, but every time we did, it just wasn't there for me. Yeah. It just wasn't it. It wasn't, like, that it's, fire wasn't yeah. there anymore. It's, and like, so. the soulmate that taught you what love is, but mm-hmm. it's not right. Yeah, I think totally. That's, I do think that's fascinating, Josie, because, like, now as you've gotten older, it's interesting because now you're almost like you were now in a relationship and now you're single. And instead of running to a new guy, you're I mean, sing, you're like, please I'm not. Wait. I'm not. And you're I'm like, like Alex, correct you there. You see TMZ this week. I've got a new boyfriend. I'm like, fuck. I'm dead. No, you, I am. I'm, I'm being better about it. Like, I'm not out here, like, sleeping with anyone. I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm making it very clear that I'm pretty emotionally unavailable in the sense of just, like, really wanting the best for myself and I want to focus. Yeah. Uh, so this is the way I look at it. It just – none of these people that I've been with ha- are my person. And I and I find closure in that in itself yeah. and acceptance. And I'm just like, that's cool. Like, so my dad right. taught me growing up because whenever I'd, like, be sad about a boy, like, I had, like, a high school love that I, like, thought I was in love. But it was, like right. – we were, like, 14, 15. Yeah. It wasn't real. And I was, like, distraught about it. I was just so upset. My dad's like, Josie, you're going to fall in love so many times. You're going to have so many – like romances and boyfriends and relationships like do not do this and like to this day that sticks with me so when I, when any anytime anything falls apart i'm just like i'm good i'm good we're good whether yeah. i have someone or have myself like i love myself so much right now and i'm so proud of myself for getting to this point of you know just completely supporting myself being yeah. strong mentally like you know being very independent and you know getting through those uh you know unhealthy coping mechanisms that i used right. to have And I'm just like, good. No, that's interesting what your dad told you because it is so true. And I think it's so hard to tell people that until you experience it. Mm -hmm. Like, I have been in love before and I have a boyfriend (laughs) right now. And, like, those people that I was in love with, I, at times, right after maybe, I would be like, oh, I regret that. But, like, You go through the motions. Right? You're bitter. Yeah. And you miss them. And then you're like, fuck them. And then you're like, you're neutral. And then you're like, holy shit, thank God that happened. Let's talk about your 
career. Did you feel like a pressure when you were younger because of the name that you had? Oh, yeah. I just, yeah, because I feel like a lot of the celebrity kids are, um, you know, well off. They have a safety net, something to fall back onto if they don't want to, like, bust their ass and work. Um, And that was never the case. Like, when I first started modeling, I was, uh, had like maybe a hundred dollars a week to spend in New York and and I was in model apartments where it's like six girls shoved into it's like three girls per bedroom we're all in twin beds and it's just like coexisting with all these other girls that don't even speak English or they like are smoking in the apartment like I had nothing and and everyone was like oh she's Canseco why doesn't she have this and that and I'm like because I don't have because I don't have that I don't have I don't have that but I felt like I had to always make it seem like I was okay like I love to like not fake it till you make it, but, like, fake it till you make it. Like, put right. on a straight face and make it work and get a cute style on going to castings and stuff and play that, the part. That's so crazy. I didn't even think about that. Like, you, everyone has, a per, like, an image that they think you are. Like, you're yeah. rich. Yeah. You're beautiful. Oh, my gosh, she's got, like, the greatest life. And then you're saying, like, it actually was kind of the complete opposite in terms yeah, of completely. having. Yeah. And so then, wait, so you were in it with them and at what age? Um, 17, 18. And then uh, I would say by the time I was 19, I kind of, like, had enough of a clientele, was making enough money. I was actually making, like, pretty good bank. Like, the reason why I actually, like, gave up everything else and started modeling is because it ended up being a full-time gig. Like, some of the first couple jobs I did were uh, massive, big deals, especially in, like, the fashion industry over in New York. Um, Wait, that's amazing. Yeah. No, it was great. you finally started making money, and you're like, I'm going to stick with this. We saw Faith, and I was just like, I just, I worked and worked and worked, and I I stayed with it, and I adjusted to New York, and I just stuck through with the model apartments, and I was just like, I want it. I will admit, I wouldn't say now, but, like, prior to educating myself more on what models go through, I feel like a lot of people are probably, like, listening, and they're like, hey, like, you have a so fucking easy, like, you have a perfect body, and you have, like, no imperfections. Can you explain a little bit, though, about, like, what really is the truth about a modeling career and, like, what it does take and and body image and what you go through on a day-to-day basis of trying to keep and maintain a certain image? Because I think people think it's so easy, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to I know, there's that stigma that's like, oh, you model, like, whatever, but it's actually, like... And also it comes with also, like, don't you feel like people are like, oh, you're not, then you have no talent. And it's like, well, yeah. uh, like, I think people think because I think maybe because the Instagram model has shifted. Now it's like a blurred line of like what an actual model is. But I came up in the more traditional way that was just like the grind to get there and not having much uh, was hard. And it's definitely like for, I also don't want to give like a sob story like me, me. but um, I can't remember the last time I looked in the mirror and was happy with how I looked. Because of because of the industry and the competitive nature, especially in New York City, when all the girls are so fucking tiny, tiny, and they go above and beyond to be that small. At least this is more traditionally back in the day when that was like what you had to be. Like right. you walk into an agency, they put a measuring tape around your waist, your bust, and your hips, and if you don't have the right numbers, you're not getting it. You're not even meeting the directors of it, whatever. Like it was incredibly, incredibly strict, and that was hard for me because I was an athlete and I was a dancer, so I had like Athletic. more built. Naturally, I'm just like a little bit. Not thicker, but, like, athletic. Yeah, athletic. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It, it really was a lot mentally in the sense of, like, what it does to you. And, you know, you, you get told no, 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 no. But to get told no so many times, it I can only imagine the dark You get place so defeated. Yeah. yeah. And, and then in New York, and all the girls are out doing, like... Drugs and right. shit and partying. It's so easy to get dragged into that life in New York, especially in New York, because all the guys, like, all the models can go wherever, whenever. Same like in L.A., you know totally. what I mean? If you're a hot girl, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, 
So when you get told no, 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 and you start going into it, then you start spiraling into that dark place. It's like, let me lose more weight. Let me try to, like, figure oh out how can God, I the next. the weight thing. Because you're also, so for castings for shows, you're in a room, and there's, like, 100 girls there, and you've been there for, like, six hours waiting just to walk in a line for a casting director because of how important that show would be for your career. It's just a show. You're just walking. It's not even a campaign. You, you, you So shows also, like... You, they don't pay. Shows pay like $500. But shows are so important for the resume in the fashion world. And it's just like walking for Gucci is like, they don't really pay. But it's like, you just walk for huge, fucking Gucci. Right, you know what right. I mean? Because then it can get you a huge campaign. Exactly. It leads to bigger and better. Um, but yeah, and you sit there and all, you're just sitting here and like half the girls don't speak English. Like you've never met anyone. There's hundreds of girls in the room. And you're just like, and all of them are just like so perfect and tiny in their walks. And you're just like, I'm looking at these girls and I'm picking myself to pieces, picking myself apart, looking at all these other girls and like their thigh gaps and oh and you know fat on their stomach. They're like they have none. Like right. Right. the fat <laughs> on their stomach. Where to go? <laughs> there is like, none. There's not. Yeah, it's just like and what that does to you mentally because you see the girls who get the part and that's right. that girl and you're like fuck is that what I, is that what I need to do to book this role because you want it so bad. Like that feeling of booking a show or booking a campaign and getting that thing that you like were aiming for it's just like a sport when you finally like totally. win the super bowl it's like totally. finally walk the bs show or something i don't know i just body dysmorphia i just kind of like don't there's always something to tweak and fix right. and I'm, I'm i'm like progressively working at getting to a mindset where i'm okay and i'm and i feel beautiful i'm confident it's not like yeah. a confidence thing like i'm definitely like i love myself i love my soul i love mentally where i've gotten and how i've gotten to the to this point of like mental strength yeah and, but um, it's but it's such a dark spiral because it's it so is dark, because yeah. it's all based on what you look like. Like yeah. nobody gives a fuck about your personality. You can no. be the biggest fucking bitch. You could be a sweetheart. Yeah. No one really cares. No one cares if you're educated. No totally. one. And that's why you I, don't speak I, at all. You don't speak to anyone. You don't have a conversation. If you do, they think you're too friendly. So they're like, mm, next. Yeah, they want right. someone who's more like fuck just you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I remember that's when we before we started um, talking, Daddy Gang. I was talking to Josie, and I was like, I I watched you on YouTube, and I thought you were so articulate. And she was Thanks. like, Oh my gosh, thank you because. <laughs> I feel like you don't get really an opportunity to, like, use your, like, it, it's, your brand is obviously more, you're a model, like, mm-hmm. your pictures are perfect, like, you're amazing, yeah. and then it's, like, to hear you speak, it's so cool, because you have hey, so much more than just, I always get nervous, because I'm, like, kind of breaking out of that shell, and being, just being in LA now again, and being part of people who are so public with their lives, yeah. and, you know, being on YouTube, or whatever it may be, like, I'm getting used to it, but it makes me nervous, especially with how accessible information is, right. with people, and cancel culture, like, it's I get terrifying. nervous to, like, and God forbid, if you don't have the, the opinion of the majority, then you're like shunned. You know what I mean? Right. God forbid. Like even like politically, like it's just it's just hectic and it's I just so hectic right try now. Try and stay out of it because I just try and stay in my own lane. Yeah. And in person, I'm like I'll definitely you know what I mean? Like talk about topics that I'm passionate about right. and like get into a conversation. I'm like pretty opinionated. But online, I just Public, don't think there's no. a point to like I get influencing people, but I just it's hectic. It's it there's is. always something a response, a tweet, likes, whatever. It's just like have you openly talked about? dealing with depression and anxiety anxiety yes not necessarily depression because i mean i've, I've hit those points right. i've hit like really because i can be emotional i'm a little scorpio so like oh i can God. in my feels yeah. um Love. and i've hit those points but like i really really try so hard to not get to those points because i'm disappointed in myself uh just the things i'm i do the things i'm capable of when i am like in that dark place and 
I, I try and stay incredibly optimistic. You know, the glass is um, half full, right. not half empty, and look at the bright side of things. And I've learned – it took a while to train your mind to be this way. Right. But Could I ask you, and you can say no, but, like, when you were saying you you see – like, you recognize when you're, like, going down that dark path, like, could you give us an example for anyone that may be like, oh, I do that too? I just, like – it's hard to say like one example, like one specific. Like it's just a domino effect of like me being hard on myself because right. I'm such a fucking critic on myself. Like I get so hard on myself. Like I'm saying like I can't remember the last time I looked in the mirror and was like satisfied with what I look like. Like right. that's not cool. Right. That's not right. So whenever I see myself having those thoughts, I'm just like Joe's. Like you're good, but yeah. it's just like a domino effect of like oh like. Like, this is this is wrong, and this is wrong, and, oh, I gained this weight this week, and, oh, my, my skin's dry, and whatever, and spiraling, and my family, and then financially, and what if I'm, you know what I mean? Like yeah, and then it spirals. Everything starts, I just think, like, I have, like, a door, for the most part. I have a door, and for the most part, the door is closed to all things that are out of my control and things that will bring me down. But sometimes the door is cracked because mentally, whatever I'm going through, whatever, whether it be a breakup or family issues, like that door opens up and I'm in a vulnerable place, things fucking pour in. Naturally. And it's out of my control. And that's when my anxiety kind of like, some days it's like crippling. Like I don't want to socialize. Like I've been super introverted lately too. Like really not. I have been too. I feel like Weird. I have I'm just like, because the pandemic, anymore. I'm just like, I was in a relationship and now I'm just like, By I pain, yourself. I kick it. I'm, yeah. I just also like, I'm just in a work mode. Like yeah. I don't, I'm Do you focused. like being alone? I love it. Yeah, I do too. I love it. But yeah, so when I because I think like I am like a, you know only child alone, mm-hmm. like not much family, whatever. Oh, that's true. But when I find that person, like I said, with like friends and stuff, I'm just like, oh, that's hi. I get like I'm just saying. like cuddly yes. and more sweet and just you know. Like you're so good at being on your own, but you welcome having a partner. or I, someone I to cherish having yeah. those connections with people. I think like love and relationships and loyalty is some of the most most beautiful things that you can bring to someone and get out of someone. Wow. Have you ever been in a situation where you're hooking just exclusively, like not exclusively, you're hooking up with someone, but you don't know if they're hooking up with other people or no, you're always, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, well, yeah, 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 I have. And because we don't really have the conversation and, and this is the thing also, like I'm never, it takes a while for me to be the one to like bring it up. Yeah. Because I'm cool too. Like I'm cool with us doing our own thing. But once the feelings grow and it's been like a couple months of us doing the same thing, talking every day and like two, three months comes along and like we haven't done anything about it, then I'm like. Do you ever ask? Yeah. No, I've asked. I've asked. What, I've asked. How do you ask? Um, I was just like. I'm trying to think exactly what I said. Because it's like cause great girl, verbatim. Yeah. No, because it's like I think it can really turn people off. Just like I've had guys ask me and then I'm more turned off. Like yeah. It's, it's a weird It's a annoying, weird question. Yeah. And it's just kind of like. It's hard because if you're enjoying yourselves and then someone asks. But like I get why they're asking and I've asked at some times. But it has to be. I don't know. It's hard. When when did you ask? Well, it was um, it was three months of talking to someone every single day. Uh, we were pretty public at the time also, yeah. and but we had never had the, like, exclusivity conversation, mm-hmm. and so eventually I was just like, yeah, so um, it was actually, like, Valentine's Day the next day, and I was like, didn't know if, like, he had a plan or what, right. and we were together the night before, and I was like, yeah, so, um, well, is, what are we doing here? Like, I would just like to know for my sake, because I also, like, I think sometimes it's good to clarify what it is, because God forbid, like, one person slips up, or if I were to right. go do something, hook up with someone else, and then he's like, well, fuck you, you did that, bye. Like, yeah. let's clarify it so it's healthy, yep. and not, like, a messy situation. Because always being in that middle area with, like, feelings, but no label is always, like... Oh, absolutely. Can get hectic. And um, how did it go? Not good. Not good. <laughs> he, uh... 
he he was like, this is all I have to give right now. This is like, this is this is it. This is like, I, I, I can't do anymore. And I disappeared from his life. I just like ghosted, full blown. Because I'm like that also. Yeah. Like, if, and, and the way he, uh, he went about it just kind of like rubbed me the wrong, wrong way. way. And I'm also like, it took so much in me to even ask that question and then to be yeah. rejected. And then, and then I was just like, fuck this. Like, this is not what I'm doing. I respect that. I do think it's like, if you... If you are, because I think a lot of times people get in a situation where they want to know, but even no matter what the answer, sometimes they're not going to walk. Yeah. So like yeah. if you're listening and you want to ask him like, hey, what is, what are we? And he's going to say, oh, I'm just not there right now. Well, what, know what you want when he gives you answer A yeah, or B. Because sometimes girls go into it and they're like, what are we? And he's like, oh, like I'm just chilling. And she's like. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, me too. I'm just chilling too. Yeah. And then she's all upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Right, okay, yeah, fine, all right, cool. right, yeah, totally. And then you go home and you're crying and it's like, if you go into it, I that's my one advice. If you're going to ever ask someone what we are, know kind of like Josie knew, like if he gives you that answer, you knew you were kind of going to walk. That is yeah, way more healthy. Eventually, after, I mean, after three months of time and, and after like, you know, if you're like traveling with this person, like we were like pretty much fucking like we yes. were doing it. We were sleeping together, fully yeah. like together. And then when it comes down to him being like, I don't want a relationship. I was just like, that's such a fuck boy thing that I'm not going to put up with because I know I deserve something different. I completely agree. So I was just like, yeah, I'm good on all that. And then he came back around because they always come back around. They always fucking, especially. (laughs) They always come back around, Especially. All of of them. When you act like that. When you're like, okay, like. When you don't really care because I don't really care. I'm not going to stress over like. Josie, how to tell if someone wants a relationship or just a hookup? The amount of women that write into this podcast and they're like, I cannot tell if he wants a relationship, if he wants a hookup. I feel like that question in itself gives you the answer, but like, let me. I know, you just, it's it's just being like kind of. It's hard. Reading a room a little bit. You have to, this is the thing, you have to know guys. You have to know how to play their game and you have to know how they move. In order to kind of know when they want a relationship when they don't. But the thing is that some guys are just like, they'll like lead you into the, to thinking that that's what they want, which I've learned is just being upfront from the beginning. If you don't want it, that's not what you're looking for. Be honest about it. Do you, um, is that what you ask guys? Like, would you be upfront and ask a guy that? No, I'm the one who says it. I'll be like, like as of recently, like if I'm like dating or this and that, I'm just like, I am not looking for a relationship. I suggest you don't get feelings. <laughs> I, is that mean? I don't why, mean to be mean. I'm just like... This is why you're on the show. <laughs> I love this you. Thank is, you. This is why you're here, Josie. No, I, I do. I did not say that to their face. I'm just like, don't... I'm telling you right now, I'm not in a place where, like, oh, you're going to be safe with me. Like, Did you I'm, say that before you started dating your last ex-boyfriend or no? Uh... No, because I wasn't in that place. I'm 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 in this place because I'm fresh off a breakup right. and I'm not looking to like replace yeah. it be with anyone new. I'm just like on my own shit. Well, that I think but is before good to I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of girls will say that but don't yeah. mean it, and that's a yeah, fucking issue. Because a lot you're of like, girls, I don't want I a relationship. And like my friend so Lauren, true. she recently got out of a breakup and she's been saying that to guys and they don't believe her. They're like, oh yeah, sure, haha. Like you're gonna go fall in love, and she's like. I do not. I'm want a relationship. That's, that's me right now. To a T. Right? To a T. And you're like, yeah. how do I make it so clear? And they think it's a game. Yes. They like want to go after you even more. They're like, oh, she's emotionally unavailable. She doesn't care. Watch me like make her fall in love. I'm like, I warned you. Right. <laughs> I'm right. really not the one. To but fuck I, with. I think that's good to be upfront about it. But I do think, like, if you're on the other end of it, you can't tell if someone wants to be in a relationship. Then I do think that's kind of the answer. Like, I feel like yeah, a guy's will know. To, yeah. If someone wants to be with you, they will be with you. They'll show it within their actions, not just words. Um, and 
I think and I think that you'll know. And if also it just has to be like reciprocated. Like everything kind of has to come together as one, right. and you'll feel that connection. Yeah. And typically, if you have a feeling like a red flag in your gut, or not, a red flag in your gut. <laughs> there's a red flag in the gut. <laughs> there's a no. red flag in my gut. I get. I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? There's a red flag. You should just like you know be aware of those and be aware of what guys are capable of. Like emotionally, they yeah. they work differently than we do, and just kind of. Um, just don't prioritize it. Like, let yeah. it happen organically and don't be like, oh, does he want it? Does he want it? Like, just play it cool. So be that true. cool girl. Like, don't be too needy. Don't be too up his ass. Like, let him focus on his work and let him come to you. Right. You know? And you do the same. Like, exactly. don't focus on your be shit. Be that independent boss bitch who, like, doesn't yeah. isn't looking for a man. But if the right, if the cards, are, you know, are played properly and it happens, then Because don't, so you, I it. feel like when, when you feel yourself chasing around someone and being more in their shit, it's like, pause and be like, you you need to be so up your own asshole that you don't have time to be up someone Dead else's. Ass. And oh, like, especially at this age shit, right? too. Like, so we have so much work to do and so much like, so much growth. Yes. Like internal, personal growth. Yes. Like, ladies, if you're listening to this, like, and you find yourself constantly wondering if what he wants, then you're not focusing enough on other yeah. shit. Why do you have make enough it time clear. to even And if he doesn't make that? it clear, that's probably not the guy you want to be with. Regardless, exactly. if he wants to be with you, he's going to be with you. If he wants to call you and see you and talk to you, he's going to call you. Like, totally. it's not, it's not that hard. You I know? agree. Josie. There you have it. <laughs> what is what is next for you? You're going to shoot um, in Mexico. Right? Yes, I'm going to Mexico on uh, what day is it? It's on Sunday. Going to Mexico okay. on Sunday for the week to shoot this cover that I can't say what it is, but Congrats. I'm really excited about it. It's yeah, amazing. I'm excited. Also, just like a little Mexico trip. And you're single right now. I am single, very single. Like really, just focus on me. Focus How long on do work. we think that's gonna last? Uh, a while, I think. You do? I mean, I think I don't know. It, it's it's kind of hard to tell. I just don't unless have you anyone. find that twin flame. I've had people, you know, since my last relationship that I've, like, really cared for and really gotten really close with. Oh, wow. Um, but, I, like I said, I'm just, like, I can't give myself up to a partner the yeah. way I'd like to right now. Like, I have so much personal growth to go through, and I have so much I want to accomplish, yeah. and I find myself being way more uh, focused and motivated without a partner. Like, getting my shit done, and, like, sometimes you get comfortable in a relationship, and you, you know, kind of totally. just, like, you're like, oh, I have this safety net of this love and this person, you don't really crush it as much as you should be crushing it. And you I know. agree. So, yeah. I'm single. I'm single for a while. Well, tomorrow, I'm, like, yeah. I'm in a relationship. Like, Maybe Alex, change the podcast. Uh, starts out. <laughs> Josie, thank you so much for coming on and telling us your story. You're amazing. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, Daddy Yang, that is it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed Josie's story, the insight, and just her overall vibe is fucking amazing. And I'm so fortunate to have met her and been able to sit down with her and have a new friend. So thank you, Josie, again. Go show her love in the DMs, Daddy Gang. Next week is about to... Honestly, I don't even, I'm not even going to try to explain it. All you need to know is next week is fucking therapy time, bitches. Next week, we are really looking inward and we're going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of introspective moments because if you follow me on social media, you know I've been recently obsessed with a show called Couples Therapy and Bitches. The therapist flew across the motherfucking country and she's coming next week to sit down with the mother fucking daddy king oh my god i can't even say it without getting chills dirty king you know the motherfucking drill i will see you fuckers next wednesday this episode is brought to you by doordash one zero dollar delivery fees 
Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.